Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari. Glory. Just coming back. Hey guys, and welcome back to the third edition of the In The Stand Show. Today we are looking at the latest AFL news, A-League round summaries, the 2020 Cricket World Cup, and some Formula One news. We start off with news from St Kilda, which saw Brett Radden getting the sack from the Saints. Many rumoured coaches have been linked to the club, but one that has stuck out is a link to former club coach and legend, Ross Lyon. Lyon developed St Kilda into a powerhouse during his reign at the club. He got them to two grand finals, but no flags, saw them losing to Geelong 2009 and losing a replay against a, a hard-fought battle against the Mighty Pies the week before as the, there was a draw and due to an unlucky bounce. But the next week, they co- absolutely copped it from the Pies and seeing them win by over 50 points and getting a flag. After his reign, he joined Fremantle with no media speculation. This took a pretty big hit to the club and the league. This year's St Kilda trade season wasn't the greatest either. They lost Ben Long, a key defender, and a player that would have definitely helped them in the future. But in return, they've only received Zane Cordy, who provides as a forward, but it doesn't give an idea of where they're heading next year. They've got a couple picks in the draft, but nothing, nothing too big. And if they're heading for a rebuild, or they're going to give a red-hot crack in to, to try their best to get into the finals, we don't know. At the moment, it doesn't look good for the Saints. And if this deal gets done, I'm not sure how the fans are going to react. But it could see more of a bit of a bright side to St Kilda and um, could change the gameplay up and can definitely help them as a club and change the morale as it doesn't look the best at the Saints. And if this deal gets over the line, it could, could definitely help St Kilda as a club overall. The second round of the A-League season kicked off last Friday, seeing Melbourne City 2-0 victors against the poor Brisbane Lions, or Brisbane Raw, sorry, at Suncorp Stadium. This saw Jamie McLaren securing a brace to get City off to a pretty good start, seeing them with two wins and no losses going into the Melbourne Derby tonight. Most things are going their way, and Patrick Kuznobos definitely equipped them with everything that they need to get the, d- deal, uh, get the job done over the line against victory tonight and could see them with three wins and no losses. Everything's looking to go their way. They can either stay undefeated or see them lose their first game. But the way victory played last week, it could look like a city demolition and something that I definitely don't want. But the way it's looking, victory going to definitely need to step up if they're going to want to stand a chance against a very strong city side with the likes of Jamie McLaren, Barisha and all these great players. And they're going to need to step up a lot. The next game of that second, of the second A-League season 
was the Perth Glory travelling to Newcastle for a great clash with dangerous track tackles flying everywhere with Newcastle star Jordan Elsie receiving a red card for a very high boot in the box and Perth putting away a penalty to level the game up but an extremely late goal by Newcastle in the 93rd minute saw the Jets victorious at home and it's starting to be a bit of a theme for for the A-League this year. It's late goals and if the if this is the way it's going to continue, it, the league's going to look very good and going to attract a lot of attention and make the league better again. And it's going to be really good for the league and publicity. And it should be a really good season. And it's just kicking off now. Next was a blockbuster game between two big rivals, Melbourne Victory and the Western Sydney Wanderers. Victory had a very big win against rival Sydney FC the previous week at the newly built Accor Stadium. A strong victory had to face the winning Wanderers. And then they won their first game last week. Both supporter bases have come out, the victories OSM and the RBB travelling from West Sydney. The game was already heated before it started. Victory were expected as winners as they're absolutely deadly at home at their prestigious Amy Park and they, they're just really good there and they know everything about the ground and they just kill it there. They love their support and and especially last year they got into a semi-final um, with a pretty strong team under a new Popovich uh, coach and this year hopefully things can go more their way. Uh, but this game was pretty boring. They had the chances and Sydney got a deflected goal. Um, they saw them victorious in the West Sydney Went up the ladder and has got two wins from two. But this game had everything. Flares, chance, sold out supporter bases. Fights on the pitch as well. There's a clear rivalry between these two teams. And, and the poor siding from victory, they need to lift if they want to stand a chance against a very strong Melbourne City tonight. Overall, it was a very good game and um, hopefully more to come. A four-goal thriller at Wellington between the Wellington Phoenix and the Central Coast Mariners in Wellington was great was a thriller. This game went back and forward and then in the 88th minute, Mariners were leading, then an own goal to to um, share the points between both teams. Uh, it was two all, just two rounds in. Great games are being decided by last minute goals and this makes the game extremely entertaining and makes the game great to watch. And Adelaide United side travelled to Campbelltown to face the reigning Australia Cup champions, the MacArthur Bulls. This game saw a lot of sh- shots with 30 in total between the both sides. Adelaide had the majority of the chances but couldn't put away any goals. But the Bulls were able to capital- capitalise and put away their chances, seeing them 2-0 victors. Uh, they kick- they're kicking their season off really well. They've-, they've won a cup as well. They haven't lost a game yet. And of how many in, I don't know. They're just really, they've just been really good under a Dwight York leadership and his influence has a very high to regard regarded player he shows off his knowledge to the MacArthur side and it's definitely paid it off paid off got a maiden trophy and they're sitting third at the moment they've brought in the likes of Daniel Azani who had a spell in Europe but nothing came but now he's paid it off and he's playing absolutely brilliant and it's looking so good for MacArthur they can definitely go and win the league this year it's it's really good for them although they're not their supporter base is not big they're still getting backed up by their play, and it's just really good for the club. The last game of the week saw Western United hosting Sydney FC at Amy Park. 
Sydney took a hard loss against their rivals, Melbourne victory at their homecoming game at the newly built Accord Stadium. They were looking to bounce back, but they had to face the reigning Premiers, who had a tough start to the season, which saw them losing to runners-up and crosstown rivals, Melbourne City, 2-1. And it was a tough game for them. They gave up two easy goals, Leo and Lacroix, um, mistakes, and they could definitely be better than that, as we've seen last year. They needed to start this season off again with a win. Early on, Josh Rusden scored with an outside-of-the-box shot. And minutes later, Leo Lacroix committed again to a tackle that was very, like, not needed. He didn't really need to do it and gave away a penalty. Adam LaFondra stepped up. He missed the penalty. It was saved by Jamie Young. But again, minutes later, Topple Stanley committed and another penalty came for the Sky Blues with Adam LaFondra putting it away. Then the game was 1-0. Sydney FC controlled most of the game. They put away two chances and it was 3-1 and... John Aloisi's side did whatever they can, but nothing really turned out to it. Uh, overall, it was a great game for Sydney. They really needed a win. And Western United's not looking good for them. They've got no points from two games, a possible six points, and it's not really looking to go their way this year. The first game of the third round was between Western United, again hosting the Australia Cup champions, MacArthur Bulls, at Amy Park. It was a wet game. Miller for MacArthur put away the first goal for the reigning Australian Cup champions. Western United had their chances and eventually saw Lockie Wales putting away a lovely cross ball in. But it looked like MacArthur were happy to sit with a draw. They had to four substitutes. Um, Philip Curdo, their goalkeeper, was injured and they just had to force the substitutes and they were just happy to take the draw, take the point, stay undefeated. But Western United have only got one point out of a possible nine which leaves John Luis here to do a lot of work with the Western boys. But Dwight York's Bulls are looking very sharp. They're third at the table in the moment, and it's looking good for them. Tonight, make sure you tune into the Melbourne derby between Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City. It's going to be a blockbuster. It's a sold-out sold crowd, and make sure you watch it. Thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you after the break. Don't worry. About a thing Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright Don't worry About a thing Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright Hi this is Matt Joe Gow And you're listening to Radio Karam Which is local community internet radio And uh, we were having a chat about community radio earlier And how important it is to Melbourne how important it is to the scene here, the music scene, but also the wider community. So check out Radio Karam, tune in. Welcome back to the Instant Show. We are continuing to look at the A-League, the AFL and some T20 Cricket World Cup. The A-League is not the biggest sport in Australia, but it gains most of its attention for the fans, not the actual game itself. The ultras between most of the big teams and make the A-League what it is and not for how the game's played and a lot of people 
call it a dead league and they don't really enjoy watching it. But um, it's the fans that keep this game game alive and it starts with the OSM who support their beloved victory and they they fill three bays every week and they make noise for a solid 90 minutes. We just have the RBB, the Cove, the Melbournians, the Den. We have so many supporter bases that keep this game alive. They've got chanting, the TIFOs, the marches. It all correlates with a European-type ultras idea. And going to stand, march, chant with all these all these supporter groups. And like for me, I chant and I support Melbourne Victory and I sit and stand and chant with the OSM. And it makes the game great. It makes the game enjoyable for everyone. And it's, it gives a european type idea so overall go support your local team and go down and go watch some of the stars play because it's great you can get involved with all this stuff and you're gonna love it we also see great players coming down to australia for a spell like nanny louise nanny is a manchester united legend he plays in big he played in big leagues for most of his career he played over 150 games for manchester united he's won euros for portugal in 2019 and just now he's made the move from venezia a Serie side in Italy to Melbourne Victory. So anyone that lives in Melbourne can go watch the superstar play for Melbourne's biggest side. We also had Alessandro Del Piero come from Juventus to Sydney FC many years back and he was a star and he kept he made the league kind of what it is for especially Sydney fans and many fans converted to go watch Alessandro Del Piero play. He's a star and it, it really kept the game alive and it, it helped the league financially and everything. So overall, go support your local team and get involved with this because the league's great and you love it. It's a really good. We're now looking at some AFL delisted players from many clubs. We'll start off with Jack Madgen being delisted from the Pies. Madgen played most of his career as a key backman, but this year didn't find much time in the AFL squad. As Collingwood saw Jeremy Howe, Darcy Moore, Braden Maynard predominantly playing as our key backmans. And they were great. They were superb. They they defended well and they did the best that they could to what we had. We also had small forwards, uh, small backmen, sorry, like Isaac Quainer, John Noble, and they really star and they make make the backline what it is. And Jack Madgen just poor poor performances and he doesn't really fit into the team as a player and he just he just didn't fit in poor performances and couple injuries and yeah he just didn't fit. And we even tried to develop him into a tall forward in the VFL, but because it's something we're lacking and we only really had Ash Johnson, Darcy Cameron um, and uh, Brody Majacek to rotate that role. It still didn't work out and the developing into a tall forward didn't work at all. So overall, hopefully wish the best of luck for Madgen in his career. Another big player that's got delisted from his side is Mitch Wallace. He made his AFL debut for the Bulldogs in round five of the 2011 AFL season against Fremantle at the now knocked down Patterson Stadium. As a substitute player, he replaced Tom Williams at three-quarter time for his debut. He also received a Rising Star nomination a year after. On 2016, Wallace suffered a sickening leg injury in which he kicked the lower part of his left leg with his right foot foot while being tackled by Shane Savage midway through the final quarter of, of the Western Bulldogs 15 point loss to St Kilda. This injury ended his season and he missed out on his on his club's premiership win in October and yeah it takes a big hit to players like that. You play your whole career for a team and they make a grand final and you miss out because of an injury. 
He also he bounced back. He became a vice captain in 2021, but performances and injuries let him down, and he became delisted after a really long spell at the club. This week, we also saw the qualifiers for the T20 World Cup played here in Australia. In the qualifying groups, only four teams get to play in the final World Cup group stages. We saw all of this kicking off with Namibia coming out of nowhere to beat the Sri Lankans at GMHBA Stadium in Geelong. The Sri Lankans definitely wanted to bounce back and this saw them beat UAE and the Netherlands and progress them into the Super 12 to play in the last stage of the World Cup against some of the biggest teams out there. You've got the likes of Australia, India, New Zealand, England. There's so many big teams um, and and it's really good for countries like Sri Lanka. The Netherlands also qualified for the last group stage, seeing them only fall short to the Sri Lankans, but they had an, have an extremely tough group. They've got the likes of India and Pakistan. They have a huge supporter base behind them in Australia, so the odds are going against the way of the Dutch. But, you know, anything can happen, and they face Bangladesh on Monday at 3pm at Bloodstone and Haribat. You never know what can happen. They can pull something out of the bag and potentially get the win. And... I don't think teams like Netherlands and and Ireland and all these teams that are qualified are going to make it into the high group stage. They're just going to play, you know, just to get a win, you know, be part of that World Cup experience, and it's pretty good to be a part of it. Pool B, we saw Zimbabwe qualify first, and they only fought short to um, the poor West Indies side who were previous two times winners of the event, but Zimbabwe looked real dominant in the qualifiers. They... They're in the same group as group as India, Pakistan, and South Africa. It's going to be extremely tough for them to qualify and even get a win. They've got to pull something incredible out of the bag. And if they play like they played the qualifiers, they can definitely see themselves getting a win. The Irish also found a way to qualify for the last stage. They beat their rivals, the Scots, um, and they also beat the West Indies. But they find themselves in a, another hard group. All these groups of been real hard and whichever group you get placed in it's just try to win the game it's just going to be extremely difficult they've got to play the hosts australia they've got to play the english the afghanistans it's so so hard to even get a win and probably stay in a game and it's going to be real tough for them tonight it all kicks off with australia hosting their tasman sea rivals new zealand at the scg this looks to be a thriller with both teams Showing impressive lineups. You've got for Australia the likes of David Warner, Aaron Finch, Matty Wade. You, they've brought in Zampa with that spin. It's going to look real good for the Aussies, and you never know what can happen. They've got a real good side, and so did New Zealand. And at the SCG, this game's going to be incredible. So make sure you tune into that. And but my tip for the T20 World Cup is got to be Australia, where where the home team. I think we can beat everyone. I don't see any other team beating us. Um, we're dominant on home soil and this World Cup looks to be a thriller for everyone. The groups are evenly distributed. You've can you got games like India versus Pakistan, India, Sri Lanka. You've got Australia, New Zealand, Australia, England. It's it's going to be really good, really good for the sport and a lot of people get, can get to tune in and go watch this at home. Thank you for listening to The Understand Show. I'll catch you after the break. Just drift across 
This is Tor Larson from Radio Karam, host of Sunrise on Super 8 on Saturday mornings 9 to 12. Stay groovy. Oi, 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 oi. IGA oi. is shopping nights. IGA, where the price oi. is right. Oi. Seaford North oi. IGA oi. for your groceries oi. and liquor. IGA oi. Express, oi. there's nothing oi. quicker. Come, Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, the pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's Caram Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. Hi everybody, this is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisces about doing the Eel Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes. Welcome back to the In The Stand Show. We're now looking at some Formula One news. This week, the Formula One is in Austin, Texas for the US Grand Prix. And Daniel Ricciardo's hour was his last US Grand Prix for a year as he can't find a spot on the grid because he's been replaced by another young Aussie star, Oscar Piastri. And he's soaking in all the culture in Texas. He's wearing the cowboy clothes. He's enjoying his last time in Austin uh, for a year now. So for him to find a team, he hasn't found one for next year and he said... He wants to divert all his attention to the 2024 season. So that looks interesting for him. And we're losing a star like Danny Ricciardo. But he's being replaced by young star Oscar Piastri. Uh, but now to the racing. We saw free practice one. Uh, we They brought in some of the new generation. So if you don't know, Formula One teams, they have backup drivers who are young and up and coming. Drivers that are allowed to use them in the practice sessions. So it's kind of like the VFL. You've got your your backup players and we've got the likes of Tia Poucher and Robert Schwartzman, F2 star drivers. They competed in the practice and this gives them an insight to the Formula One experience and it's really good for the sport um, as young drivers can have a go in Formula One cars and see how they can go in that car and on a certain track. Um, they can also give an insight to where they can go in the future. So, for example, example Robert Schwartzman, Theo Poucher, they're part of the Ferrari Driver, Inca- Driver Academy and they can be placed in uh, the Alfa Romeo, Ferrari or Haas. And it's like, it's a VFL type of thing and um, it invites them to a team and it helps them out in their career. But my tip for this event in Austin, the Grand Prix, I reckon it's got to be Carlos Sainz. He looked really strong in practices, and although Max Verstappen has already won a championship, I think we'll see signs on top of the podium, and I think it's really deserved for him. He had a couple, um, the car, uh, you've got, like, um, they've crashed. He's had a couple crashes and engine failures. It's not not the greatest start to his uh, Ferrari se- season. Um, he was supposed to be a really big star, and... Just from the start and the get-go, he just crashed. He crashed out in Australia, crashed out in um, in Italy. And, yeah, it just hasn't looked good for him. And the way he drove in uh, free practice one and two, 
is looking pretty good and I think he'll get the win. Thank you for listening to The Understand Show. I'll catch you next week. Walsh has got it, twigging around. Do the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamar Hagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamar Glory. It's coming back.